0: Hello again everybody. This is uh, Jason Powers. I'm on the campus of Purdue University. It's Sunday afternoon and I thought I'd come up here because uh, we'll we'll see how long this will uh, go. I got a lot on my mind as usual. Um, Today is uh, the 10th year anniversary of my mom's passing. So I want to acknowledge that. Uh, Her name was uh, Donna Mae Clark or Powers because of my last name now um, she was she was born in 1952 so she would have she would be uh, 69 years old it's hard to imagine that now because she left so young I guess I could uh, to summarize her life would would, uh, would be multi I don't know it'd be very difficult there's so much to go over with her um, She was never, uh, what would you say, uh, considered brilliant in school. I think she made hard seas in in her her growing up. Um, We lived pretty poor. Her parents, uh, my grandfather was uh, in the military, uh, USN, uh, at the Battle of Okinawa. He was a boatswain's mate, and he uh, drove a little um, troop carrier called an LCVP, which landed up to 32 people on, on the shores. And he did that for uh, the last couple years of the war when he came of age. And um, he, was, he uh, met my uh, grandmother shortly after the war. Actually, they uh, went to a White Sox, uh, Red Sox game. And I guess you could say that was where he, they uh, kind of fell uh, close together in terms of uh, eventually getting married as uh, uh, Ted Williams had a line drive off his uh, hand as he was trying to dive over my future grandmother. Um, he uh, managed to get that. Uh, didn't get the ball, but got the bruise and got the woman. So, you know, everything's trade-offs in life. So that was one of them. Uh, from there, uh, they had uh, two daughters and my mom was uh, daughter number two. Um, they, went, they lived in Lowell, Indiana. Pretty much uh, my mom graduated from there in the class of 1970. It was one of the first uh, schools that were uh, uh, circular. Uh, if you saw from overhead, it had uh, pods, so they were like circular rings that were attached together to a central unit, And uh, a different design of that day. Anyway, she joined the United States military uh, as a, in the Marine Corps. She went through, you know, went through that process and wound up being a logistics clerk and uh, stayed in through uh, 1973, and I was born in 72. Uh, she went on and worked at a a boot a, a fancy stitch boot factory called Genesco. I think it was located near, I think it was located near Alabama. We were in Winchester, Tennessee by then, and uh, she, uh, she um, uh, had, uh, had her time period there and we moved, uh, moved around uh, Winchester, Tennessee, and we finally landed at uh, Old Cowan Road. I can remember my old address, 1301 Old Cowan Road. And um, that we lived there for about five years. And at the end of the time frame, my mom and my dad divorced. Um, it was a very violent and very um, obsessive compulsive, uh, very uh, lots of restraining orders lots of turmoil I ran away from home my mom tried to protect me my mom was dealing with a a sociopath and, and my uh, dad who I haven't seen but once since that time frame uh, that was 1982-83 so nearly 40 years I've only seen him one other time since then my mother uh, moved to Lowell Indiana again uh, where her parents were and I uh, started working for a lady at a um, uh, a resale shop called Neat Repeats. The Lady uh, was uh, the wife of uh, the town lawyer, who you know did all the contracts and real estate, and uh, um, worked with the fancier clients in town. Lowell's a very Republican town, um, ostensibly at least it was at that time frame. And uh, my mom worked there for a period of six years for this lady. Uh, you know, getting paid. You know, probably. I think maybe she made about 8 to 10 bucks an hour, which was a lot of money back then, I guess, um, relatively speaking. So anyways, uh, from that point forward, um, she eventually owned the shop. Uh, the lady sold it to her for, I think, $6,000. I only know that much because I, I did a, a business plan. Fifteen years later, just kind of sa- saved the shop, but uh, it didn't work out. Um, but for 15 years, my mom ran that shop through her efforts and her sister's efforts, mainly my mom. My mom was like 90% of the business. She was the business. She was the face of the business. She did the books. Uh, her sister did help, don't get me wrong. I have to give her credit where that is due, but uh, uh, not to the extent and not to the level and certainly not to the awareness of the public. Um, over the course of time, my mom met lots of people. and was always kind to them. But she kept her distance, too. My mom never remarried, never, re, uh, never dated again. Invested um, herself in her business and, and me, ostensibly. So her, um, her ability to, to kind of compartmentalize her life and go from there, is kind of, uh, that was kind of the greatness that was behind most of who, what she was, and I think all of us can understand that in some way, shape, or form. She um, got through the 90s got me uh, through school in an unspectacular five and a half uh, years or 11 semesters. Yeah I flunked out of pretty university about midway through my mom got on my ass about that we had arguments we had fights over the years and we had uh, had our contentious behavior we also laughed and went to concerts like Genesis together and went to ballparks like the Watch the Cubs up at Wrigley Field. We had a, a fun time going and exploring things together and we watched TV together and watched The Wonder Years or China Beach or a host of other shows in the 1980s as as I was growing up and come home and we'd watch Remington Steel together or, or something along that line. So all the, all the normal things that kind of go on in other people's lives. My mom was not a, uh, you know, deep thinker, I guess you would say, from the standpoint of what other people think called deep. Certainly not to the level that the liberals call deep. But my mom was insightful about things, and she was determined, very motivated. Um, if, uh, If there was a percentile ranking, I would say her motivation level was always in the 99th percentile. I think she's one of the most motivated persons I've ever met certainly more than myself, and so she um, um, she was de- determined, mm-hmm. stick-to-itiveness, she, um, she smiled and gave people a lot of leeway and, and smiled through a lot of uh, tears because towards the end of her life things got rough after she lost her business, which was, that was her baby, that was, that was something that she put, invested a lot of heart into um sales declined and things got hard uh for all of us i i made i i probably did the worst than i should have i didn't realize how how much my her investments in me really meant that i should have taken appreciative been more appreciative of that fact and um in, in retrospect i i wish i would have done a lot of things differently <clears throat> but um to her credit she she tried her best to fight through that she went through cancer in uh, 2004 they removed a kidney as you can hear there's a uh i'm right on the purdue campus uh the planes like to fly right over the center of campus as they're making a landing anyway so after uh, she got her cancer diagnosis in 2004 and they removed a kidney or diabetes my mom you know, had a thing for meats and sweets, and it just ran in the family, I think. Um, even though she stayed active, she just, you know, she never ate right, and it, it showed up in her, her biology later on as she got older, and um, so uh, we went through the crisis of 2007, 2008, like everybody else did. The the um, At that point, I'd um, reached a low point. I was working as a delivery carrier. I delivered papers for her uh, in her name so I could make money to try to help us out. But she was also dealing with her sister who was, let's just say, um, financially errant in so many ways and kind of pulled us into a pit of destruction. Their house went into foreclosure that they had inherited from their from their uh, parents uh, that they had split and shared together. And so a number of things come up And it kind of echoed the the time frame, you know, we lost lots of things and had lots of other experiences. My mother donated time to adult literacy, Uh, she did, uh, she coached fourth grade volleyball for uh, the Catholic Church, um, the Catholic school that was uh, at Lowell, at least for a year. Actually, uh, that became a sore subject later on because of the way uh, she was treated, but um, I like to think that she, she was willing to do a lot more than a lot of people give her credit for. Sometimes, you know, you can, you can only do so much and you get, you get resistance from people who are uh, more about themselves and more about money and more about uh, uh, looking good than actually being good. And you know, my mom was more about being good and, and trying to do the best she could for people. And that's that's not just me saying it because I'm her son. It's it's not it's from what I saw and what I saw she would do. She had a lady come in one time with you know some a few clothes that probably weren't going to sell, but she she gave my mom pulled on her heartstrings and told her you know she was leaving an abusive relationship and and uh, she was desperate and and um, my mom gave her a hundred dollars for the clothes that probably weren't worth twenty, but. That's just, that's, you know, my mom was good natured, and uh, she donated to charity and gave time and did the best she could with what she had. <clears throat> when her diagnosis came through in um, 2010, she uh, had a relapse on the cancer, and um, the, the VA had handled her, uh, her initiatives for several year for a decade or more, um, so she had a sur- a one surgery on her abdomen. They removed the nodule, they re- removed the cancer, they said, through, uh, throughout her midsection. Um, but unfortunately, the cancer spread uh, to her brain. And uh, later, she had emergency brain surgery at UIC in Chicago. And um, um, from there on out, she was, uh, uh, it was difficult because the dementia, she actually had early onset dementia and pervasive cancer and, and uh, I tried to get a radiation treatment and she got radiation treatment. She was seen by Northwestern, she was seen by Loyola, she was seen by UIC, the v- VA, she was seen in uh, Northwest Indiana uh, hospitals. Uh, for the most part she didn't spend time in too many hospitals after her surgery but she had a host of, host of things. That's the uh, church bell running, ringing right now on campus. So um, the story is, is uh, uh, she struggled uh, through the last seven months of her life with uh, those things, and so um, we went on from there. And um, I made a decision to go back to school from her her uh, desires. I tried to do the best I could uh, to my life at that point because I knew that that's this is this, this was it and, uh, anyways I hope the the bell ringing doesn't uh, stick out too much but I'll let it ring thought that I'd let that go for a second. Um, um, anyways, um, I guess it's 15 minutes on, on her life and uh, her time. I, um, I always celebrate both her, her uh, birthday and her, and her passing. So God bless you, mom. The day, um, we find ourselves in a, um, in a different world, the last 18 months have been quite hard on all of us. Some of us are very aware of what the manipulations and the, and the objectives are. Others are, are eagerly setting this up um, at various levels of our government. In our world, the billionaires, the, the propensity of a certain group of people to, to subject the rest of the population to their whims, and they set all these people up i guess it becomes easier and easier to see these things with the amount of propaganda and spin and, and uh gaslighting and the hopes that the media the you would think the media would would have uh, uh, ran out of efforts but now they're being persistent and they're doubling down and tripling down and even with the um certain folks uh like yesterday um like Trump coming out and doing a stump speech and in and, 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 and trying to be positive and, and also pointing out the, 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 uh, the nature of the Biden administration, which it should not have surprised anyone. He's an epic failure. He will destroy this country. Um, and that's what Biden's always done. You can't go back through his 48 years and talk about his successes. He's just like any other politician, and I know many that'll that'll say, "Well, how can you support a guy like Trump?" Well, I can because uh, not only is it it's in our best interest to have somebody who who was at least had the policy ideas of if not the support of the of our uh, Washington D.C. establishment who has uh, taken to uh, their authoritarian pushes uh, very very uh, vociferously, and they're led by the FBI and the DOJ and the, and the military apparatus who are forcefully trying to shove racism down our throats as, the, as that we are the bad people. We are not a bad people. We're the, probably the most accepting and one of the most free societies that's ever existed, if not the most free society. The fact that these people motivate themselves to be poisonous towards our country is indicative of their their lack of understanding of this country. They should never, ever have been near power. A primary example was this week or on the 25th when the DOJ decided to sue Georgia for their uh, SB202 law, which I just did a review on. It has nothing to do with the law. It has everything to do with them, them uh, ginning up racism, and it's being headed up by uh, Pamela Carlin, Vanita Gupta, Kristen Clark, um, those people and Merrick Garland r- run the civil di- civil rights division, so to speak. They're not civil rights activists. They're civil they're civil rights destructionists. They're they're dupable fools too. Carlin, in particular, is quite the vociferous advocate for what I would call hardcore feminism. the The sense that she hates all males and she she's never she's never done anything good in her life she may she may have worked at stanford university and was sat on the facebook board but she's a she is a parasite and she has gotten where she has because uh, she can always play her heart she's always had a very hardcore bent to her in terms of her um her ideology but she is not alone uh the the civil rights division uh, lawyer head lawyer is kristen clark who who has made I mean, she made statements in the mid-90s, I think 1994, at the Harvard Crimson, which speak just like, speak in the same line of uh, reasoning about melanin and uh, white people that uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones uh, does with her 1619th project. These are angry, evil, black women. That's it. End of discussion, really. Uh, you can throw a Stacey Abrams in there. You can see the thirst for power that these uh, the, these people are all about power. They're not about they're not about making a good society. They're about reshaping and reforming society to fit their whims and they're, they're they're they don't care who gets hurt in the process. They don't care they don't care about the very people that they say they care about. They don't care about black people. They care about their own they care about their own money. they don't care about their own initiative. They care about the destruction of the United States that's what they care about. That's how evil these people really are. Merrick Garland is is just a, he's, he's just the primary example of that. I mean, he was involved with the Oklahoma City bombings. Uh, he, he's a Clinton hack. Uh, you'll notice so many of these people are, are, are well say, offspring of the Clinton administration, and also the Obama administration. And and while we're at it, we'll just throw in the Bush administration for good measure because they're all they're all a part of the last three presidents that were in office for eight years. And all those presidents did were run this country into the ground. And anybody who says otherwise is a fool. And I say that very, very demonstratively because Clinton, you may say, well, you know, we didn't go into any economic uh, situation. No, but he gave China the right to separate human rights from their from their exploitation, which was about uh American companies selling us out, which they have. Nike Nike in particular did so today. The MLB. All the sports, all the manufacturing, all these all these CEOs suck up thanks to thanks to people who care nothing about actual uh they, they talk a good game about being about environment and People and caring and all this other garbage. They don't mean any of that and they're not capitalist either They're not free market cat. They're not even about that either because what they do is they have Wall Street to put their finger on the scale That's not capitalism. That's corporatism. There's a separation between the two a significant separation see letting businesses uh, survive or fail on their own merits used to be a good concept that was done However, whenever you have a uh, entity that it grows bigger and bigger, such as government has, it becomes inherently corrupt. The more power it assumes, the more more corrupt it becomes, which is why there used to be a diffusion, a very a very rightful diffusion of powers across the states, across the different departments, legislature, executive, judicial, uh, and then also you had state powers who, which could formulate their own policy, well, like the Civil Rights Division in particular with this particular case, they want to uh, assume all the power from Georgia to make its own laws. They want this federalized election. Series. This is the this is the the, the dogma of the uh, of the Democrats and the left, and the left in particular, to eliminate the electoral system, to make it uh, a popularity vote by the mob, and to assign you know whatever they they won't even care about districts at that point eventually they'll just say well it's uh, a it's whatever we say it is and we always have the most votes so you can always but and they'll say well you're just upset because uh, the was arguments made about demographic change i don't think that's at all what people are interested in the vast majority of people know this but the vast majority of people don't have time to uh, let's just say engage the argument or en- read through all these legal papers and all this discussion and they don't have time. They, uh, in, and when they do get involved, as they have lately with like the critical race theory debates in certain counties like Loudoun County in Virginia, for example, they shut down debate. The left is so evil they, they populated and poisoned every board that when anybody gives them any pushback. They call in the police, they shut down debate, they arrest people. I saw a, a board meeting, it wasn't allowed, and I don't think, where they arrested, a, 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 a actually arrested a black man who had no mask on, but everybody else had masks on except a few people on the board. And they arrest him for you know expressing his opinion. And he was given it peacefully. But these cops are so, uh, the cops that they call are such stooges, they're stooges for the state, they're stooges against the, 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 the rights of people. I back when someone says I back the blue, I caveat that I back people who I back uh, 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 officers who apply the apply law left or right, however you want to call it, uh, apply it to each individual the same way they're supposed to. In other words, and they shouldn't just go by the dictate; they should use their moral sense. Now, I know there will be people out there who say, well, they were going out and killing people. They were killing, they killed thousands and thousands. No, they did not. They did not do that. Not with the black people. No, that's not right. There's about a thousand, there's about a thousand incidences of murder, or quote, quote, uh, officer in uh, interaction with suspects per year, according to the Washington Post database. That's off the top of my head. But it's it's indicative about 950 to 1,000 per year. That's across all races. That's across everybody, and they're not. So it's not even that. But moreover, amongst those those interactions, less than 3% of them happen to be with an unarmed subject that's not fleeing. In other words, those 3% of those interactions need to be immediately focused on and prosecuted. That's it. If a suspect's coming at you with a knife or gun or fleeing after committing whatever crime it was and the officer feels like in hot pursuit he has to do what he has to do to neutralize the subject, I can't stop that fact. You aren't an officer of the law, you don't understand it. If Otherwise, I can understand where they come from on that particular instance. That being said, for the same thing, I don't expect them to go out and crack everyone's head, but if someone's doing something violent to somebody or breaking into a building, they have to uh, use the law. But if someone is, is expressing using their First Amendment rights in a building to get their grievances redressed, they have a right to stand there and talk and the fact that there are boards and there are corporations and other people out here that are interested in shutting down debate it doesn't matter whether you're white, black or indigo they don't give a shit they're doing it because they're trying to take over this country and they're malevolent in, on on all levels and if a cop goes along with that part of it they ought to be fired or i certainly don't support them i don't even really want to support them on the on the on the pursuits uh, situations but I understand. I understand where, they, where they'll where they say, my job is tough, and many of them are going to quit. Part of the problem with this whole situation is they've destabilized the entire country. They destabilized it over last summer. That was the point, to destabilize. When you destabilize something, then you can make all kinds of weird aspects come out, and you can do whatever you want and please, and then you say, oh, defund the police. And then now they want to refund the police. But of course they want to refund the police once they've gotten rid of all the officers that were good. Because there were officers that were good who quit. Because they were being demonized. And after a while, if you get demonized enough, you say, Well, fuck it, I'm not going to do this job. There's no point in it. There's no point in me being involved in this situation. So now, now that they've probably gotten rid of every good cop, now they're going to hire back goons. And they're going to hire back their thugs. And that's what the left wanted to do all along. Meanwhile, their cities are just destroying themselves, and there's going to be inflation. There's going to be high unemployment, and the left, and left, the left likes this, because then they'll say, oh, well, we, there's so many structural problems. We need to spend more money. You don't have more money to spend. It wasn't your money to spend. So they're going to raise taxes, and guess what? Who can they raise taxes on but the very people that have been paying the, footing the bill the whole time? The only people that can pay taxes are the ones who already have jobs. Who, and and there are so many leftists out here that are so malicious and so evil, they want to sit at home and do nothing and sit on their UBI and have other people pay the pay the freight. They're weak and they're insignificant persons, and they know that. So you know what they have, you know what they get for significance. They go out and act, uh, and they're narcissistic activists. They get rounded up in these these little. Uh, um, Groups put together by the likes of Soros or Zuckerberg or whomever else is out there that has lots of money Who, who is glad to, to exploit people. That was part of the problem with this lawsuit they, uh, they, they, they sit there and they say they want every legal vote to count, but they don't They're trying to undermine what SB202 talks about, for example um, sorry to be on the soapbox there, but going back to that, they uh, had this uh, potentiality in there. They're talking about uh, that uh, they're, they're not allowing them to hand out food and water in, in, at the polling place. They're not allowing them to hand out food and water at the polling place as an incentivization of people to vote a certain way. Because there are activist groups that will show up at the polling place and they position themselves in certain manners. See, the, the law states you can't be within 150 feet of the, the the building. It's building proper, so 50 yards away. They can't be right there because what they're doing, they're trying to buy people's votes through incentivization. But the same reason you don't want to intimidate a voter, it's the same kind of reasoning that you don't want to incentivize or, or uh, 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 go uh, manipulate someone's uh, 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 boat in the midst of a in the midst of a line so they for example being in line and, and are suddenly having somebody come up to you and say oh here here's a, here's a bottle of water yeah I know bottled water's a dollar okay I understand that but it's giving something to somebody and what do people realize what do people usually like Especially if they're wearing like a, 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 say for example, they were wearing like this activist group and it happens to have blue coloring or or it has a flag, you know, the little wavy flag that the Obama thing was about and all that kind of stuff. It's all manipulation. They know propaganda works. They know that they, they've tested this stuff. They're doing behavioral, they're trying to do, to do behavioral exploitation on people. And because people are not aware of the behavioral exploitation in the midst of what they're doing, there's a, there's a reason why you don't allow it. But more importantly, it, isn't, it doesn't say you can't have food and water in your line while you're at the polling place. You can bring food and water with you at the, at the thing. You can have a little bag in the bag and have two or three waters in it or whatever, whatever appeals to you. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's... They just don't want somebody getting incentivized in line... It could be food, water, what what if if someone gave you a a $10 uh, gift certificate to uh, Olive Garden or whatever, or $5. You know? Five bucks is, oh it's not much, oh it's nothing, it's just five bucks or whatever. Or if I give you five dollars worth of food and water. Well put that in perspective. If you're in a hotly contested race in say a certain county, five bucks times 10,000 votes it's $50,000 right? That makes a big difference. If it's ten thousand votes you buy, it makes a huge difference, and you know that. Everybody knows that. the The margin of error in uh, Georgia was like 11, uh, 11,000 votes. Same way with Arizona. That you see, you understand where I'm going with this, right? You know how you know how easy it is to manipulate people into voting certain ways by just giving them little little things. This has been done over and over again because they know people are very very much exploitable. And they don't—they're not very principled. The left is not very principled. I mean, what do you think they want to lower voting ages for? Why do you think they want to uh, allow as—they want as many people to vote, you know, uh, ineligible voters uh, based upon laws that are already on the books. You know, there are certain states you can't vote if you're a convicted felon, etc. If you're not a resident of the state. You had you have multiple people that are that vote in different states if you vote in two states during an election you're you're voting against the law you don't can you you have one vote per person right one legal vote it has to be cast legally in your in your state of residence in your county and district of residence etc cetera, etc cetera. voter ID is not unusual either that was another part of this so there was like seven portions or seven uh, aspects that they had listed in their, in their lawsuit the DOJ. And I addressed three of the seven through their own, through their own reasoning and through the SB bill that Georgia had put together. And it's not written in, in a tortious matter. In other words, there's nothing really wrong with the way the Georgia law is written. It's, there's many laws like that on the books throughout this nation. There's nothing. It's not racially motivated. That's a red herring and that's a false analogy and all the other garbage you want to do from that logic analyst. There's nothing about this this law that's racial. The DOJ is making it racial. They make it racial from the very first paragraph of this lawsuit. It's repugnant on them. It's repulsive of the DOJ to make this about race, but that's what they always do. And they use Georgia as the example because Georgia has a high demographic mix of african-americans versus say arizona but that being said it doesn't really matter it doesn't wash and they go through litanies of paragraphs about demographic breakdown socioeconomic breakdown like that's got to do with the price of tea in china if you want to vote you should vote i'm actually for the mandate that we should have a day off from we should have a day where everybody can go vote say we vote on a saturday for example, and have minimal amount of public services open that day. There you go, problem solved. There's nothing that says that we we couldn't come up with a nas- uh, with a more more of a national holiday that's tied to voting in November. Nothing at all in my 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 experience. Say I would be on board with something like that, but that isn't the reason why the Democrats do anything. They always want to create problems. It's the Hegelian dialectic: problem, reaction, solution. They want to create a problem because they have an agenda. They start with the agenda that they're trying to achieve, and they create the problem to get to that agenda. And they go, they they, they use a logic tree to get you there, one way or another. It's uh, you know, if you don't do this, and you, you will. They anticipate what your moves are because it's like chess. You know, there's only so many moves available to either from a legal response or uh, uh, the way people respond and react. And that's what they do with with behavioral modification on people. They start with the agenda that they're trying to achieve, and they figure out how to get people to to funnel into that objective. They're not going to get everybody, and they know that. But they will, what they're doing now is, they know they can't get you all into that particular zone to go towards their agenda. But they make sure that the people that are outside that 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 uh, uh, prescribed uh, conclusion, say the ten percent or on either side of the, they, they say, no, I'm not going to go along with it. And what do they do now? Because of Facebook and social media, they censor those people, because those people provide provide alternatives or or a discussion about the what is going on, and they don't want that. They don't want. They don't want voices that are going to stand up against their bullshit. They don't want people who who are actually uh, thinking about it from an intellectual point of view, or just from a rational point of view, to say, "Hey, you shouldn't want this for yourself. You shouldn't want this because they're trying to they're trying to get this. They're trying. Uh, for example, the agenda for the Democrats is they want not, They don't want to have uh, states have any uh, rights. They want D.C. to be the all powerful seeing eye of everything." They've been, been pushing for this for forever and a day. And they also want to uh, decrease or eliminate the power of the president. But right now they're using it. But here's the funny thing. They did that with Trump. They tried to, they tried to hamstring him in every way, shape, or form. Even more so than they ever have before. And the Democrats will cry about they didn't support Obama. Republicans didn't support Obama. It's like, you know, I wasn't a... Here's a fun factoid. I wasn't a fucking Republican then. I don't know if I would have even labeled myself a conservative then. I probably would have just labeled myself an independent or even even a quasi-libertarian because I was never really uh, on board with that shit either. Uh, at least not to the extent that they want me to. So, so that all being said, for all the, the, the for for the very few liberals that will ever listen to this, I'm not. I was I was never on board with the the blockage of Obama and his his ideology. But the reason why wasn't that I didn't think that he shouldn't be blocked. You see the difference? Just because I didn't agree with the Republicans did not mean that I agreed with Obama. And I sure as fuck didn't agree with him. I hated him after after he showed his true colors. When I say hated him, I hated his, I hated his policies. And I know what kind of a person he is now. He's come out full blown and showed you what kind of person he is. There's no... He is he is, is he is despicable as Bill Clinton and, and uh, George Bush. I put them all together. There's no real difference between the three. Oh I mean sure they came about things differently. They're all globalist. They all want to push towards just one world government type of deal. They're willing that they'll talk about the you notice here's the thing. you notice how quiet they are about China. They don't say shit about China. That should tell you everything about them. And it, this isn't about the Chinese people. This is about the CCP and, and the control domination that they have at the top of their matrix. But you'll notice that Obama and Bush and Clinton never say shit all about China. They never say that they made mistakes. They never say that China shouldn't dominate the world. Oh, they'll, they'll say you're just being racist. No, it has nothing to do with being racist. It has to do with, the, I know what kind of authoritarian shit heels they are and how they treat their people, and they love the social credit score, and they love to dominate people through authoritarianism. And if you don't go along with their program, you'll wind up dead, or they'll kidnap you, or they will they will make sure you're never, your voice is never heard again. This is about voice. You guys, uh, for the left that are incompetent or incapable of understanding, this is about having a voice. When you try to shut down people's uh, uh, voice, you're just showing that you're an authoritarian shitheel like all the rest of them. In other words, you're going along with the globalist pro- program because that's all you know how to do evidently. I'm not responding and reacting in a crappy manner towards those people. I just wish you I wish some people would have enough intellectual understanding to know that in the long term, if you don't stand up for your rights, there are no, there's not going to be any rights. We're going to be right back to where we were 600 a thousand years ago we're going to be right back in feudalism and we're going to have this technocracy we're going to have this group of uh, shit heels at the DOJ and and whatever else oh yeah they'll they'll be they'll be pampered because they're going to go right along with the company line they're going to go along with whether whether it comes to, whether the orders come from Beijing or, uh, or Washington DC but they do it because they get paid enough money and they don't have, all they have to do is beat down and abuse on the rest of us cuz they think they're better than you anyway they think they're better than everybody. They, they, I mean, they, they. The only reason why they get promoted up or down is just solely based upon whether or not they go, they go along with the program. They don't have any moral principles. They don't have any moral integrity. They've been and they were hired because they that because of that fact. They were hired because they don't have any principles. I mean, they're less than zero. They don't. They don't. They don't care about human life. They'll kill. A, they'll kill a person. Just to spite themselves. They, they, they take glee in watching people suffer. They've been su- making people suffer for years. And they put on this facade that they give a shit. Like Pamela Car- Carlin about the voting thing. She did a, a little course on this. And she invited in the Bill Clintons and the David Pluffs and the Cory Bookers and the Vanita Guptas. And the, a whole host of people. She had a whole laundry list of who's who in the, the lefty politics. Uh, yang gang. She, uh, uh Invited in Mr. Yang, Tom Steyer, who put in like three hundred million dollars into the the 2020 election. The Democrats bought the election. Just so you know, they outspent the they outspent Trump like five to six to one. That's a, that's in the federal elections. FEC. Uh, you can go to the elections thing and you can find out how much the Democrats as as a whole spent on the 2020 election. That's not even counting the private money and the And oh, by the way, the corporate match or the governmental match to Zuckerberg's number to spend hundreds of millions of dollars. He spent somewhere around $400 million to destroy our election system. It's good if you can spend money like that. You think about $400 million. So, let's see. If I gave a, if if we took 10 goes into 400, $10 goes into 400. That's 40 million votes. Uh, What if you only needed to buy 400,000 votes? How much money would you have to hand out? you know was it a hundred dollars a piece? It's a thousand I think it's a thousand bucks so a thousand bucks. If I gave you a thousand bucks, would you vote for the candidate I wanted you to vote for? There's probably enough people out there that have about, have that have about that much uh moral integrity that they probably would. It'd be like four hundred thousand votes so if you if you use four hundred million dollars and, and and you spend a thousand bucks a person a thousand bucks times four hundred thousand votes. Yeah, you could buy an election, at least with that kind of money. And that's just him. That's just one example. Biden got, uh, Michael Bloomberg put in $1.1 billion. Joe Biden had like over $800 million. He had more money than Trump. Trump didn't have, uh, he had only about uh, 20% of the dollars that, uh, and they he got all his money from nickel and dime uh, uh, donors, uh, probably about, you know, 50 or 60 million donors maybe. Each one, or not 50, 60 million, probably more like you know 20 million donors in each one put in like 20 to 40 bucks a piece, plus his big corporate matches, whatever. And of course, if any, any corporation whatsoever donated any money to Trump, oh, they're evil, because everybody has labeled Donald Trump the racist. The funny thing is, is uh, from 1980 to 2015, Donald Trump wasn't racist. So suddenly in 2015, he became racist. Because before that, Jesse Jackson would hang out with him. Before that, he could get on national TV and, and run a, had a, the number four rated show in America. And everybody said, well, that's because they hit all of his bad stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 Trump, Trump hit all his bad stuff, you know. All the politicians didn't attack him for it. Oh, it's only because he got into politics that he started getting attacked. Oh, I see. You know, the other 35 years or 40 years before that, nothing came out. Oh, well, you know. It's amazing how they bury stories and how they bring out stories, and this isn't that. This isn't to say Trump isn't he doesn't have his flaws and wasn't didn't have his uh, stupidity moments and stuff like that. He's a, he is now a politician, but guess what? He's no worse than any of the other ones. He's definitely no worse than any of the other ones. In fact, in many ways, he's a whole whole lot better. And frankly, I don't give a shit at this point because. I would rather I you you could I would select him over the last ten presidents that we've had. I would take him over those last ten probably, probably up until probably. Uh, oh, Eisenhower would probably be uh, comparable. So if you count them all up, and and he's I I compare him to JFK a lot. So JFK and Eisenhower, but me take Johnson. Get rid of Johnson, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Bush, one. You know, you just add them all up. So this idea that and uh, you know, Biden is just—he is going to ruin this country. He's on his path already. And I know I'm on my soapbox now, back again. But uh, yeah, between the the between the infrastructure deals and spending money and destroying our 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 uh, energy initiatives and putting you know just just well i mean he's a fraud that's that's really what it boils down to and he has the civil rights division of the doj protecting his ass that's what pamela carlin did when she wrote a letter to arizona they're trying to they they're, they're, they're trying to incite situations the doj and the fbi are nothing but insiders of violence they're trying to incite they try to create the antagonism say they want to they want a, they want a A matter of fact, in the release, they talked about they had a little addendum about uh, Lisa Monaco, who was big into the twenty sixteen election. By the way, uh, you know, putting out like statements about the FBI, about intimidation of uh, of people and stuff like that. They're they're trying to set up the the predicate. They're saying to say, oh, everybody's being intimidated. No one's being intimidated. Quit lying. Quit being being uh, quit being a, a gaslighting fool, which is what the FBI and the DOJ has turned into. They're nothing but evil people over there. They don't they don't serve the public's interest in what any way, shape, or form. Uh, you talk about defund something; those two two organizations can be promptly de- defunded. Put all those put the, put all those people out of work. They don't serve the interest of the public. You can decentralize. You need to decentralize the entire U.S. federal government. That's how, how malicious they are now. That's the way I look at them now. They are part and parcel to every every bad bad situation that we're dealing with right now because they don't do their job. They set up every, they set up they set up people to take them down. They have no they have no useful purpose other than creating problems. That's what they do. They create problems. They create war and they want to create now they want to create domestic terrorism. They're trying to do that. They're trying to, they're trying to demonize the entire US public who pays their salary, by the way. We pay them. We pay them to be this mean to us. They have no they have no they have no business, no rights whatsoever doing that. They're disreputable. They have no they have no moral fiber. And the fact that anyone will work for Biden tells you who they are. They're all about their money and they're all about power. And they don't care about anything else. And Joe Biden never did either. He never has and he never will. It's the reason why he's got such a shit stain of a a son that, you know, as far as I can tell, you know, he does blow. He runs around, uh, he throws his guns away. And he's been um, very, um, let's just say, sexually active towards women and others, by the way. So he is nothing but a shit heel. He's nothing but a shit heel, And Joe Biden protects him. And you'll never hear anything about John Durham or anybody else. They'll say there is no evidence and we didn't find anything. Or they've already destroyed the evidence, kind of like Hillary destroyed her, her email server. They, 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 they're actively, don't, they just don't care about us at all. I mean, that's, they don't care about a country. They don't care about the people. Um, they need to be decentralized and defunded. Congress is even worse. I mean, the Congress abrogated their, uh, their uh, responsibility to the agencies a long time ago. And, they, uh, and as long as they can control the agencies the way they do through funding and purse, you know, that's only, re- they get them to do what they want. And the same way with the military. Okay, I've been on my soapbox for way too long. This is Random Thoughts on Sunday, number two. Thank you very much.